0: Welcome back to your listeners to the Friday Fight Podcast, where we rank, recap, and review any movie in a given horror franchise.
1: Today, we're covering the Texas Chainsaw Massacre, The Beginning, directed by Jonathan Liebsman and written by Sheldon Turner and David Show.
0: I'm Jerilyn, or Jump scare Jer, the Fright of the podcast. I am a lover of horror movies, Halloween, and yeah, I'm here to make everything spooky and peer pressure my friend here.
1: My name is Frankie. I'm the flight of the podcast. I'm scared of movies. And this one, Gerilyn, was pretty scary.
0: This one was scary. Okay, so yeah. I got
1: to tell you, Gerilyn. Okay, so I messed up for the podcast. You know, we're season three, Texas Chainsaw Massacre. We're on the, what is this, the fifth movie? Sixth movie? Sixth movie. We're on the sixth freaking movie of this franchise. They're all called the Texas Chainsaw Massacre. So, Naturally, you know, yeah. So I messed up and I actually watched the first 20 minutes of this film before realizing that i was watching the, the wrong film for last week's
0: oh no now
1: that being said the, those 20 minutes that i watched watched were amazing it's spectacular i thought like oh wow like this is like this is this one is is really good
0: yeah this one's definitely one of the best ones in the entire franchise
1: yes yes and I was really surprised how they did it because I I wasn't sure if, you know, this is a sequel to the remake. I wasn't, I didn't know that, or really it's a prequel to the remake. Mm. I wasn't sure that it was like another remake or it was like related to that first remake, and it is. Um, So I, I was very surprised to see it. Uh, my history with this movie, I've actually seen a clip of this before. Really? When I was a kid, it would be on like Spike television. I don't know if you remember Spike TV. I do remember Spike It would have TV. Like, like A Thousand Ways to Die and yep. like a, a, a lot of masculine shows in general, if I'm being honest. But I think they were showing this movie when I was a kid. I would be like in middle school. I was way too young to watch it and it scared me. So I only watched the one scene. And even so, I would like, you know, I had a remote and I had a recall button on the remote. So one of them yeah. would be on Nickelodeon, and then I would switch yeah. back, like d- during commercials for SpongeBob or something. Um, but I enjoyed this movie; I really did.
0: This movie is one of my favorites, and you know what's funny is Patrick has not seen a single film in this franchise. But last night I made him w- sit down and watch this one. I was like, if okay. you need, to, if you need to start watching any of them, you need to watch with this. You need to start with this one, right?
1: Yeah, I could see that because.
0: He's not a fan of like the original films a lot of the time like he's always like these are cheesy and lame they're mm-hmm. just not well done but it's also like dude consider the times <laughs> um, It's but-
1: not just that but like I feel like it also even within all of that and identifying that I think that's part of the appeal and the charm mm. of horror movies and right. I was talking to Bailey recently and I was thinking to myself you know there's another Bailey in this movie but my oh, yeah, Bailey, is another Bailey My Bailey I was talking to her and I was like you know what I've been doing this podcast with Gerilyn for a while now. And beforehand, you know, I, I, I'm really averse to the, even the idea of violence and gore. Yeah. And while, while I still have those traits, I do think I've, like, finally identified, like, oh, this is the appealing nature of horror films. Like, I, I get okay. it now. I get it now. And I didn't get it before.
0: I'm excited. We've we've turned you, hopefully. Welcome to the dark side. Um yeah, I I made him watch this one, and of course, naturally, I haven't seen this one in many years. But I enjoyed this movie the first time I saw it. It scared the crap out of me the first time I saw it, and mm. even as an adult, I'm still just like, man, like this this story is just so crazy. And Patrick did not like it.
1: He, he didn't was, like this movie.
0: Mm-mm.
1: Oh, then there's no, I,
0: there's I was like <laughs> there's
1: not a chance he'd like any of the other. Yeah, ones. I
0: was like, what do you mean you didn't like it? Like, what didn't you like about it? And he was like, I don't know, I just think it's kind of dumb. And I was like. But you like all, I mean, no offense, because okay. I love the Scream franchise. I was like, But you like the Scream franchise more than you like this? Mm-hmm. But I think it's because there's more humor in there. And this is more yeah. grotesque.
1: I will say, I think between all the films that we've covered so far, uh, you know, we, we've covered three franchises. And that's mm-hmm. Scream, Evil Dead, and now Texas Chainsaw. Scream is really fun. Yeah. Uh, it has a, a fun nature to it. The Evil Dead has a very, um, there's a word camp. Yeah. Camp nature to it across the films. Uh, and but those things are are relatively absent, um, in a lot of ways from Texas Chainsaw. Yeah. And when it does attempt to do those things, it, I feel like it feels miserable. Yeah, it
0: misses the mark. And entirely. I think
1: this movie, you know, isn't fun like Scream. No. But I think that makes it better for it.
0: I think so too. I think this one really like like the first like I, oh, okay confession time. The okay, first time I've ever the first time I have watched this movie. All right, I cried.
1: That is that is interesting. Not- I, I can only imagine. I think I know what scene. <laughs> yes, uh, maybe. Okay. Uh, okay. Uh, can I go ahead and guess? Go ahead and guess. I want to assume. Uh, correct me if I am wrong. That the scene that made you cry is. You, I think the most memorable scene in the movie is when we have our lead in Jordan Brewster underneath the table that Matt Bomer is being cut yes. up in. That's the scene That's that made the you scene cry. That
0: I cried my fucking eyes out.
1: Wow, what about it made you cry?
0: It's just sad to me, because like, to hear your person in pain, or to see them in pain, mm-hmm. but like to literally witness like they're dying, and you can't do anything because you're supposed to be quiet, otherwise you're going to also die. It's just sad. It, is it a is. Really, it's a it's, really it's a really
1: messed up scene, and I think, Geraldine, like you saying that, that you cried during the movie, says a lot about the movie, because I feel like previously we didn't give two craps about what happened to a lot of the characters yeah but this one we did
0: yes yes entirely and i don't know like they just really did a lot of the development so well and like we have this time we don't get five people we we get
1: four yeah which i think is a much better like it rounds everything out a little better where we don't have like we have enough time for every character to get development Yes. and to have an arc where i feel like five's a crowd mm-hmm. and we we just barely got tidbits from everybody
0: and the people that they chose to play these characters did so so good
1: they did so so let's go ahead and, and go over our our main four you know okay. like young adults that are going to be suffering through these these uh awful affairs and that's jordana brewster who plays chrissy mm-hmm. matt bomer who plays eric diora Bur- sorry diora bard who plays bailey or and baird i think dior ba- oh my gosh diorah baird who plays <laughs> bailey and taylor handley Hanley who plays dean now i thought that all of the this group of four mm-hmm. is just so much more interesting than any group we've gotten in the past and their performance is stellar
0: i i agree um which is really funny because I have a history with Matt Bomer. I've, you know, grown up watching American Horror Story. Mm-hmm. That's, like, one of my absolute, like, guilty pleasures. It's right. One of my favorite TV shows to watch. Every time they have a new season, I'm like, all right, count me in. I don't care what it is. Like That's awesome, um, yeah. And Matt Bomer is, has been in them previously. And um, I don't know. He's just a fantastic actor. I've, right. And anything that I've seen him in, like, I think he was also in Magic Mike. I think, I think he was, so yeah. he's in the Magic Mike movies as I, well. Like he's just a great actor.
1: I know him from Doom Patrol. It's it's an HBO okay. uh TV show. Heard
0: good things about it. I have not it's yet great. watched it. Yeah,
1: he he plays a, a gay gentleman with uh, superpowers. And he gives a great performance. I think I've heard that he's notable for his looks. And he is a handsome man. Mm-hmm. Um and 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 but but he has the acting chops to back it up.
0: I was actually having this conversation with Patrick last night um because that's when we watched it when I got home from work and stuff um Matt Bomer is gay in real life mm-hmm. which is amazing love that he like i don't know his acting is just so good that like when i was younger that never crossed my mind and right. especially in this movie in particular like i don't know like his chemistry with Jordana Brewster was insane
1: it actually worked and it i mean worked it's so well let, let's go over wh- what our main issue with the four characters are and what their their struggle here is what their uh, conflict is is the, the four of them are be- are driving because two of them are going to go to the war at vietnam this movie takes place in 69 now Which,
0: again we do i i have some gripes about like the the wardrobe like we've kind of discussed it before like with the previous one it was in the 70s that that mm-hmm. one was supposed to be But it wasn't as 70s vibe. And this one also kind of gave me that vibe. But I mean, it's also, it was shot in 2006. So I'm sure that they just wanted to have influence. from from that time which they had some and it was it was okay it wasn't the worst i think
1: bringing up the whole vietnam thing definitely helped like remind me okay this is in 69
0: because i was like what But then i was like oh yeah okay 1969 we're in a different time frame. but
1: they're about to embark on a on a on a road trip to for two of them to go to enlist because we got two couples here Mm -hmm. we don't have a fifth man out there's two couples one a guy and a girl and um between them we have dean who's been in the military before who's already been to vietnam oh
0: no dean has not
1: my apologies. Eric. Eric has. We have yeah. Eric who's already been to Vietnam and his girlfriend Chrissy. I fucked that up, didn't I? No, you didn't. Oh you yeah. didn't? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Eric and Chrissy. Now they're uh they seem like a little older.
0: A little more mature. A little they more have, mature like, plans. They've talked about their future together. Their kids' names. Their kids' name. God
1: yeah kids names. are kids names um meanwhile on the other end of things we have bailey and dean
0: and dean is eric's brother
1: and dean is eric's brother and he's you know going on this road trip to also uh you know be a part of the military go to vietnam because he got drafted
0: the craziest thing like the big um situational irony that we have as an audience member is that we know something that his brother eric doesn't know right is that dean is not going to enlist he doesn't want to do it he doesn't want to and he wants to go to mexico Mm -hmm. to be with his girlfriend
1: right and when i was confronted with this situation i immediately i i was like okay i like dean more you know because i i view i already put like eric as like okay this guy's a military guy Mm -hmm. he's probably you know um just of a nature that i don't align myself with personally and so i was like this guy i like out dean is the one i like um but throughout the course of the film i, I really grew to like eric and i think mm-hmm. um because once all that all like the political stuff is stripped away like eric is just it's just a really you know bold tries to get his family situated you know try to be the leader and figure all this out and i really i really grew to appreciate that where i feel like in the other movies we didn't really get that kind of a character
0: no you don't you just get like i don't know like people just making piss poor decisions and mm-hmm. or you don't get to know them well enough to even like, like make an opinion about them
1: exactly i agree with you like last film like i feel like the person that would have been eric um i can't can't remember his name but the main guy in the last movie that died first
0: oh um Star
1: with the Decay. Kemper.
0: Kemper, yeah. So
1: Kemper, I feel like, was, was that. But he, you know, he he never seemed like he took charge. He never seemed... Mm-hmm. he Really, most of these movies, all the young adults are all really... I, I can't think of a better word, but pissy. A little, you know, not sure what to do. Not sure what's going on. But in this movie, I feel like Eric feels like he wants to save... Everybody that's, you know, everybody who's going on in this ordeal.
0: There's always this really fun thing that happens in horror movies where there's this big, like, moral question. It's like questioning your morality whenever Mm. you're watching it. Because, like, these people, these characters do things and you're like, would I do that in that situation? Or.
1: Yeah, definitely.
0: Because they're all, like, I mean, like, for example, in the previous one where they're like, should we just dump this body? Like.
1: Mm -hmm. (laughs) Yeah, it does make you think for sure. And I think this movie brings up a couple of those questions too
0: oh my god yes and that's one thing that patrick said that really frustrated him Mm. because at some point one of the characters is has a moment to escape yes and chooses not to
1: right and i think we dealt with something similar in the last film Mm -hmm. where like uh it, it was more of a morality thing like a like a decision making thing like should i leave the girl or not like mm-hmm. and what it ended up being like i like you know i was jokingly saying that was this movie feels like it's trying to tell you never do good things for people yeah. uh, or because this is what will happen apparently um but yeah these guys are gonna go off they're they're kind of on a road trip the film begins in
0: 1939 and it does yeah it because we get the the full backstory to Thomas Hewitt, or which is
1: great. I love the story. Mm-hmm. Like it, like to finally see it happening. Like yeah, like you know, he has a mother who works at a butcher shop, and she well, meat packing plant is really more like
0: horrible it. working conditions. She can't even go to the bathroom, and she's in pain clearly. Yeah. And then her boss like gets in her face and like calls her all these terrible names and That's stuff. Right. Um, and the baby, and which. Which is really funny because the way that this whole scene happens is that the baby just is like, kind of squeezes its way out. But, I mean, it is a muscle and I'm sure if you push it, it's how it would function. Um, you,
1: you know what, Jalen? I, I've, not,
0: I've never given birth, so I don't know.
1: I haven't either. <laughs> and I was thinking about this because, to me, it just... I, I, I didn't think to myself, because, you know, I'm a man, mm-hmm. that, like, th- that was unnatural in any way. In my head, that's how, like, births happen. Yeah. You just... and it's out. But that's not the case, obviously, you know, it's a much more difficult time.
0: Yeah. And it probably, well, there are some people who could probably give birth that quickly.
1: But it's not the common thing. It's not common. No.
0: But, um, and then also like, I, I don't know, it was just, it was interesting, but I I mean, I'm not critiquing, I guess, the births. Of it because I don't really know.
1: Right. I, I think maybe the movie was trying to say something like like that's how strong the baby is or something. Um, but yeah, she gives birth at the meat, meat packing plant before dying. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, the boss here, this gentleman was really rude. So rude. And, you know, abusive really. Yeah. To, to his mother. But she ended up passing away.
0: Mm-hmm. And then... We get... Her name is Luda Mae, apparently, is what the character name is. Mm. Luda May, but they also call her Mama in the movie. We get a young version of her going through the trash at this meatpacking place. She's literally like eating pieces of meat, trying to, I guess, see if it's like old or something. I'm assuming... Right. She's just,
1: scavenging through the trash.
0: Yeah, I'm assuming this place in Texas just doesn't have like a lot of money, like this town right. in particular. And then she hears baby a baby crying, and then she... She finds the baby and then takes it home and takes care of it.
1: Yeah, that's right. But isn't that messed up that like this lady who gave birth, Mm -hmm. they threw that baby away. They didn't call the hospital. They didn't try to give it to somebody. They just threw the baby into a trash can.
0: That's so sad because there are things that happen like that. Yeah, there is. I I didn't know about like um, the like, what's the word? I don't know. Like this whole idea of like the safe haven like boxes and stuff like Mm. that for like um fire at firefighter stations like at the fire stations like they have like safe haven boxes and people can drop off their babies and that's right like no questions asked and they don't like they'll find a place for it and stuff and that's just really sad to me
1: well i'm I'm thankful that they exist because they prevent this stuff from happening
0: they prevent stuff like this from happening but also like there are probably so many people who go through so many horrible things that this is just an easy easy way out for them yeah um and maybe they go to a better home but in this case thomas hewitt does not really go to a better home but
1: no and i think it's interesting i like how the movie does like this little montage of like him being like four seven ten yeah you kind of follow him how he grows up and and like you know eventually when he gets older you hear you know hoyt say something like oh don't worry thomas like the they're not going to care about the way you look at the Mm-hmm. At the meat packing plant or something like that, and so we know that he grew up looking different than everybody else and yeah. getting bullied.
0: And we get to see some of like his documents, and it says like birth defect, like uh, like skin, like facial disease or skin disease mm-hmm. or something like that. They alluded to it in the previous film, but they like just really lean into it a little bit more. So you know that he just grows up differently, and right. you know that if he's working at this meat packing place. 30 years later, because he's about 30 years old, by the time that the movie picks up in 1969. Right. He's got the same damn boss that his mama had.
1: Yeah, which is messed up, isn't it? Really Because that's that's supposedly the guy that threw him away Mm -hmm. as a baby. And, you know, now the meatpacking plant is closing down.
0: It's closing down. He's the only
1: person working there. Like, they're already done for, basically. Yeah. And this, you know, asshole boss sends his lackey Mm -hmm. to go over there and tell him, because he doesn't want to tell him himself, like, hey, you got to go home.
0: I don't like the way they address him anyway. Because, first of all, they use the R word a lot. And I'm mm-hmm. very anti that word. I of hate course. That, right. I hate that word. Right. But I do um, think
1: it, its use in the movie does, like, resonate with, oh, like, it lets you know what we're dealing with here.
0: Yeah. Um, and people always call him, like, an animal. Like right. They just, people just have no respect for him being, like, different at yeah. all. Mm-hmm. Which is just so sad because it makes you wonder what kind of life he would have led if, Otherwise. He, if he had a different kind of upbringing. Yeah, But this is just the unfortunate story that we get with him. I mean, it does make you sympathize with him a little bit too.
1: Yes, I agree. A little,
0: a, Like a lot and more. And I feel
1: like it's been a while since we felt that way. Like in the first movie, I felt like we felt like some sympathy mm-hmm. for him. Like because Cook would, you know, berate him a little bit and, you know, pretend to hit him with a knife or something. And this one, I feel like it's, it's, it's the first one in a while where the movie's giving us something to be like, oh, like, he has been taken advantage of
0: one thousand percent right one thousand percent um so yeah he gets sent home but obviously he's not happy about it then he sneaks back in somehow and then it's like it almost makes you feel like this is his first kill but it might not be
1: yeah we don't really know if he gets really upset with the boss and corners him into his office the boss is trying to like call the police this seems really satisfying
0: for me though
1: Right. You. Just
0: just because, just because I don't like people who are mean, and I would never ever like wish anything bad on them, but like I, it's a fictional world.
1: Right. And that's but the intention here. Sometimes
0: it's kind of like, yeah, get him, because you know they're mm-hmm. shitty to you. So I mean, I was rooting for his boss's demise because he was shitty to his mom and stuff. He and that, and shitty. that's
1: what happens. He takes it like a cleaver.
0: Oh God, yeah.
1: And just tears him apart.
0: Tears him apart. Dust falls on him. He like destroys his kneecaps and beats his head in and stuff it was grotesque and right. gruesome I, I feel like it was way more gruesome than the last one
1: i agree it's it's interesting the the last one i feel like actually didn't have too much gore in it whatsoever yeah and this one i feel like really approaches is it like directly mm-hmm. and like it doesn't really shy away from any of it
0: no not at all
1: uh, leatherface decides to start walking back home down the street and the sheriff eventually comes to the meatpacking plant sees what's happened and decides to visit the home. Mm -hmm. Uh, Officer, sorry, I don't know how to address him.
0: Hoyt, because that was his name. And then that's when we find out the big plot twist from the first one that we talked about. We had this like looming question doesn't even seem like a sheriff at all is he the
1: actual sheriff or just yeah Mm -hmm. just wearing the outfit well there is an officer a real officer he's the last one on the force basically because everybody's moving out of this town that they live in because the meatpacking plant is closed and there's just no money here anymore Mm -hmm. so it's it becomes basically like a desolate ghost town kind of thing yeah this guy's actually leaving too like this last officer is going to be heading out to ohio i think um
0: (laughs) it's like ohio michigan something like that somewhere up up north i
1: guess right and you know this is this you know real officer hoyt visits visits the hewitt house
0: yeah and uh we actually learn his name um arlie Ermy, arlie yeah, Ermy, like comes back as um uncle charlie
1: right so i, I assume his name is charlie hewitt then
0: charlie hewitt, so yeah.
1: and and the officer is like hey look that kid of yours just killed somebody and you should come with me to detain him so he he joins him on the car right there they find him walking down the road and when the officer goes to confront leatherface uh charlie hewitt gets out of the car and shoots the officer with his own shotgun and then steals his uniform his credentials his name tag the car the car the hat and so the implication here is that Now he parades around as if he's the officer and he wants his whole family to call him Hoyt now. Yep. I thought that was such a great reveal. And the way they did this scene, I got to say like, I cannot express it, Gerilyn properly. I don't Mm -hmm. have the vocabulary for it, but the cinematography in this film is amazing. And I don't mean that across like, Oh, compared to other Texas chainsaw movies. I mean like of, of, Of movies generally, Mm. the cinematography blew me away. Like this is the best cinematography I've seen in a movie in like probably all year. Really? Yes, it's beautiful. I think the color grading is immaculate. Uh, the design for every shot was like just thoroughly thought about. Yeah, like they would they would do like shaky cams when it needed it they would do you know the placement of the camera even through windows or objects and the framing of everything uh you know getting different angles on the performer the actors that, that are present to give you a different kind of vibe and they do it through all the characters and it really adds to the film i think like i think the the cinematography in this film is just amazing and i don't know how to express it any better than that Uh, but i just i just thought it was really important to mention
0: no i agree i i mean it was all just so intentional and 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 but the thing that is really cool about it is that you know when fans were requesting a sequel i i read that they were like there's not really much to do a sequel with so they were like other fans were like asking like for like an like a origin story essentially so that's right. kind of what came about with this
1: and they really delivered like they, oh, they yeah. did tell you okay this is how the officer became who he is this is how Leatherface became who he is but i
0: still have questions unfortunately you know Do what i you? mean like i'm like is like is this like the first time that we're witnessing them kill people is that what like that means like the beginning so. of it all or like because, like, I don't know.
1: I think this is the beginning of, of yes, of the, that tradition. Just because there are very moments of, like, oh, look what you did. Like, they're going to find them. Like, they're concerned yeah. about being discovered. And they are also concerned about, like, look at what you did. Like, you started this and now you kicked up a storm and all this. Yeah. So, I, it, it does give me the vibe that this, is like, the first killings that are occurring.
0: Which is crazy. Um, because this, in general, this movie has, like, a death toll. Including the cow of, like, 12
1: yeah high huh
0: it's really high yeah um but then we then like we get to meet this situation we get to see what happens there um and of course like hoyt or not the uncle now um again like encourages like uh and like really leans into thomas or leatherface in this movie for like backup for like support
1: yeah the the idea the premise appears to be that hoyt you know they've been coming through hard times and this is like the last straw and like they're not going to suffer anymore they're they're going to you know make their stake on this area they're not going to leave like everybody else is leaving and now they have a new source of food in people and you know yeah the cannibalism is back. Like I said, I felt yeah. like the cannibalism was all out the last movie. The they, they didn't was, really do much with it at all.
0: Yeah, it was implied and never really like was explicitly mentioned. But in this one,
1: it's like, very explicit. Very
0: explicit, yeah. and especially from the sheriff himself. Like whenever we get the interactions between the couples and the sheriff, later he talks about his time in war, which actually is fascinating because the actor was actually previously in the military.
1: Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, I think he... That actor... What's his name?
0: R. Lee Ermey.
1: He is a fantastic performer. Oh, my God. And the last movie, I felt like he stole the show. Mm -hmm. Like, really? Like, it was just his thing? This movie, I feel like, you know, his performance is just as captivating. But I feel like the the rest of the movie rose to his level. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Like, like I felt like the last one, he stood out. And this one, I think everything else ramped up to be as good as his performance was.
0: Yeah, he was... uh, He's... He's such a good actor because I hated this character with a passion, which you you should if you're, if you, that's of, the point. Yeah. Yeah. You're, you're meant to hate him, but like, yeah, he alludes to his time in the war and it was like basically eat or get eaten at some point, but he says it in a real hillbilly way. He says mm-hmm. eat or get ate. I thought that was kind of funny. Um,
1: we meet the rest of our, you know, our heroes and they're back like, I think that they're at a house. I think it's one of them house, one of their houses. Or
0: like a hotel or something. But
1: mm-hmm. uh you know, one of the couples, Eric and Chrissy, are at the pool. The mm-hmm. pool looks very nasty.
0: Looks gross. Uh
1: he's teasing her have about. Have you ever swam his- in
0: a green like green water like pool?
1: Um, probably. I have. I'm not a very, you know, observant person. Uh but you have? Yeah. You have an experience?
0: Yeah. Sometimes it just what like rainwater, that kind of thing. Like just didn't get treated all the way. But it like I was fine. It was like when when I was like in middle school kind of stuff
1: you, uh, would you now
0: probably not i'm not really much of a swimmer i don't really go out outdoors a lot anyway so
1: fair enough so they're out here having fun in the school that's where we learn that they're you know want to have a baby and want to do this thing have a family one day um, meanwhile we see bailey and dean in, the, in a bedroom and <laughs> it looks like they're trying to have some fun yeah um, with ropes and but dean doesn't seem very into it um because he has something else on his mind he doesn't know how to bring up that he doesn't want to go enlist in the military yeah he wants to dodge his drafting and while eric is like this you know military guy like hey i'm like i'm so proud of you i want to do this thing with you dean doesn't want any part of it
0: yeah i mean like he's going back like eric's going back for the second time that's right um and, yeah, it's just, it's a lot. So, I mean, I can understand, like, where Dean's head's at, where he's like... Oh, yeah. I mean, I mean, have you ever, like, had to, like, I don't know, you've known something and you have to, like, tell somebody and you're so scared of how they're going to mm. react? That's, like, one of the scariest things in my in my brain, because you hype yourself up so much. And sometimes the reaction might be fine.
1: I You know, Jalen, we live different lives. Yeah. I, I, I can't think of a single time I've come across this scenario.
0: Well, no, you're lucky then, <laughs> <laughs> uh, because I—I I don't know. My anxiety is so bad. So like, even if it's nothing like major, and I have to hype myself up. Like even if it's something like, hey, I can't go on this trip because I don't have the money, kind of thing. Like I—I, I, I just the idea of disappointing somebody
1: mm-hmm.
0: hurts more. Yeah,
1: you're a people pleaser. I'm
0: a people pleaser through and through. Yeah. Like I—I—if if I could please everyone I totally would mm-hmm. so I don't know but yeah so Dean's not into this like sexual excursion with his girlfriend no. and she can kind of tell um but already like I'm like okay this is this is like really heavy like I don't like having this knowledge it makes oh, me anxious about like how I, Dean is
1: gonna confront
0: yeah it makes me okay I've always hated this in like movies and TV shows hated what? the situational irony where we know something about about the movie and uh-huh. like the plot that was that it's going to move forward that the other characters don't know so mm-hmm. we're burdened with this like secret
1: okay that makes sense it's just i think we're different watchers where while you're thinking while you're watching a movie uh, my brain is like turned off like a switch just flipped so i'm like i'm just like brain dead just looking at the screen and taking it in um but I'm, i do th- i do want to say i think that you know leads to the film being so captivating oh yeah is that like it it, it grabs you you know and yeah. it gives you that burden
0: it like takes you with them and you're like shit, man i know i know the secret now i have to like <laughs> witness tim like how is how is he gonna say anything about it? Yeah. How are they gonna react? I don't know. I've always done that, especially like growing up watching movies and I know that like kids are like school age and they're meant to be doing like their homework and stuff, and I'm like, mm-hmm. when are they gonna do their homework? Like I oh, would wow. I would always freak out about that kind of stuff. Like, these kids never do their homework in these movies. How do they how do they like pass their classes?
1: <laughs> wow, so you're really like three <laughs> steps ahead trying to figure this stuff out. Yes. Okay. I am you're anxious, dude. I
0: am an anxious person. Um but yeah, so we're going along this journey and then um, they I can't remember the sequence of events. What happens next? I think they stop at a gas station first.
1: They, they stop by Mama's store. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, you know, they're traveling in this Jeep and, and they're on their way. Dean hasn't broken the news to Eric yet, but they yeah. stop at the store on the way there. Uh, Mama's in there and the two ladies never end up getting anything. Yeah. They just look around and we see that there's a, a lot of bikers out back. And earlier Hoyt said that like, oh, there's nothing in this town anymore besides bikers and hippies. Mm. And they kind of do a little prank on Chrissy and Bailey. And then they decide, hey, we got to go. So they decide to leave. All four of them start heading out. But a motorcyclist, this lady who was, I can only assume, part of that biker gang, yeah. uh, is trying to tell them to pull them over to rob them with a sawed off shotgun. Yep. Um, Which is illegal. Oh yeah, this is very illegal. Yeah, very
0: illegal.
1: But um, yeah, robbing people bad. Uh, oh no, I
0: meant the sawed-off shotgun.
1: Sure, yeah, yeah. But yeah. that, but that too. <laughs> <laughs> um, but you know, Eric doesn't pull over. I think that's a good instinct there. You know, he decides, oh, this lady is bad news. He has his own gun. He has his pistol mm-hmm. in the glove compartment. He pulls it out, and when he's aiming backwards to shoot at her, there's a cow in the middle of the road. R.I.P. And generally, I don't know how. Do you know how much cows weigh? I don't but I know it's a lot. Over a thousand pounds.
0: They weigh a ton. Literally. They
1: weigh a lot. Wait, no, it, a
0: ton's five thousand, isn't
1: it? I have no clue, Gerald.
0: Just kidding. Don't it, a I metaphorical retract, ton. I retract that.
1: And they drive their jeep straight to the cow, sends them flying. the The visual is very uh, fascinating. Like it's like it's the cow half the cow just eviscerates, mm-hmm. you know, upon impact, and it sends the their jeep flying. So now they're in a car accident, mm-hmm. and the the cyclist pulls pulls over up to them and still points a gun at them. Uh, but right when she's pointing the gun at them, police officer Hoyt comes in.
0: Or in quotations, Hoyt.
1: Yes, that's right.
0: The, the changed man.
1: And the, the motorcycles immediately like, oh my gosh, okay, just play cool or else I'm going to have to kill all of you. And when she goes up and says like, oh, officer, I'm glad you're here. He just immediately shoots her. I,
0: that made me laugh. Yeah. I, don't, I think it's like something about people flying back sometimes just really fucking gets me. I don't know. I got to
1: say, Jalen, your sense of humor is <laughs> like, I feel like it's very unique. It's just you. Yeah. Um and sometimes I feel like it gets you in trouble. You know, we both it, know.
0: Yeah, it does.
1: Um, but 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 I didn't find it very comical, but I did find it shocking.
0: It is shocking, but I think sometimes like the shocking things that should just be shocking, I'm like, like I don't know, like you
1: know. I think any like large or any like if, if 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 so you know like what are those heart scans called? A heart monitor. Yeah. Anything that like is out of reality just a little bit makes you laugh so like like if i were to like suddenly stand up and start like wrangling my arms around i feel like that would make you laugh or anybody did anything publicly that was out of the norm like like you said i guess something shocking yeah it, it gets a rise out of you and i don't even think you, i don't even know if you find it funny i just think that's your go-to I mean, reaction i
0: think it's kind of like a nervous reaction sometimes mm, okay but i did find it funny not not that the fact that not the character dying itself but it was just like the irony because they think that they're safe Mm -hmm. but they're not and then it's just like oh she was flying back i don't know right
1: (laughs) i just don't understand (laughs) but i i understand i do i just this is not my way of thinking Uh, yeah right
0: yeah but yeah, they're not safe. Um, uh, she's
1: dead. <laughs> she is dead. She's very dead. Very dead. Fortunately for Jornana Brewster's character Chrissy. Chrissy, she flew out of the Jeep when they crashed. So so Officer Hoyt doesn't even see her. It's yeah. only Eric Dean and Bailey. Mm-hmm. Uh they gotta get interrogated pretty badly, and then he puts them in the car along with the dead body in the front seat and heads back to their house. You know, same house from the first movie. Mm-hmm. Um and I think I think the movie really shines because the way the movie is segmented, like we get the origin story, yep. then we get our introduction to the young adults and then finally we get to the house I feel like each part is so, it, it's, it's it's just a delight to watch the whole thing
0: Yeah, I agree, um, it's a very good pacing as well, like I didn't feel like I was watching it for very long it was just, it was a good paced story um, but we did miss something very important, is that this big secret is revealed during this highly intense scene before the motorcyclist is like riding their ass on, you're right um dean starts lighting his draft card on fire right and and eric, tells
1: eric like hey
0: i'm not going not going and then eric's like i'm only going for you basically So then that's another thing that's like revealed is like, oh, he probably wouldn't even go a second time if it weren't for his brother. But now he's kind of like shit out of luck because he's going to go because of his brother. And it's like, oh, my God, this is a lot of information to take in. I feel like I'm burdened with all yeah. this knowledge that I shouldn't be.
1: And then now the officer, the, uh, the the motorcyclist is behind them. So, like, there's a lot of tension right now. A lot, a lot of, of yelling, And it all hits that climax when they run into the cow.
0: And then um, the cop, ironically, finds the burned draft card and starts interrogating them and is calling them a coward. But this is where I really, like, fell in love with Eric's character. Mm. Because even though he's pissed off at his brother, like he's so mad at his brother for this. Um, he's still going to protect him no matter yeah. what.
1: Because that's what—that's who he is. He's a protector. He's,
0: he's like, this is just a stand-up guy. And he's like, who, who's Dean? Which one of you is Dean? And, you know, so Matt, Matt Bomer's character, um, Eric is like, I'm Dean. Right. And he's, he, you know, claims that he wasn't going to go. It's just, crazy right he takes
1: his brother's spot because he knows he'd get in trouble mm-hmm. so once they finally do get uh back to the house they get hung up uh eric and dean do uh officer hoyt starts like wrapping eric in the saran wrap
0: that scene was real
1: i heard that yeah
0: that's in- incredibly like, intense and scary apparently they let like left enough room by the chin mm-hmm like to have like um, air come through, but like Arlie Ermy, like just tells you so much about him as a person, mm-hmm. was like concerned for him. Um, even though like this was like a scene that he had to like do with him, like it just tells you enough about the person. Yeah, it was awful. And when he
1: started breathing in, like uh, Eric did, mm-hmm. like you saw like this saran wrap, you know, because he's having a hard time breathing, of course. He saw this saran wrap like go into his mouth and out of his mouth. Remind him, have you ever put like Walmart? grocery bag over yes, your head yes because
0: as a child we're all dumb like I don't know why like those intrusive thoughts as a as a, as a child we as an I don't know you don't know what to do with those, those thoughts and you're just like what if I just did it you know
1: and that's and, what happens you could do that and
0: I remember getting my ass chewed out. out for doing stuff like that. Really? Yes. Because my parents would be like, what are you doing? And I'd be like, I don't know. Like, now when's like the last... you just don't have like an answer for it.
1: Yeah. When's the last time you've done it now?
0: I was, I mean, I was really young. I've never done that in really? my adulthood. You
1: should do it. No. Just nostalgia, you know? No. Well, anyway, this <laughs> is finally the point where Dean, uh, you know, goes up and says, you know what? It was me. It's not him. Yeah. He was just lying to cover for me. Yeah. I'm Dean. Yeah. Right.
0: Because he's scared that his his brother's going to die for him. Right. And then he's like, you were going to let your brother, like, die for you kind of thing. Like, crazy. It's just intense. This movie is just, that's the best word I can use to describe this movie is intense.
1: They have this little scene where, like, now he lets Dean go and do, like, you have to do 10 push-ups. Yeah. But he's hitting him the whole time he's doing these 10 push-ups.
0: Could you do ten push ups? Like he's like 10 push ups and you're free. Do you think you could do that?
1: Ten push ups? I don't think well, I could. Well, they were just in a car accident. I well, could do a hundred push ups right now. Just Okay, but it.
0: I don't think I could do like, like
1: one good push up. I think you could.
0: I don't think I could.
1: You're yeah, you you go to the gym often, you're you're strong, powerful. You've upper, been carrying like trays of glasses your yes, whole but life. My
0: upper body strength. Mm-hmm. Very, very little,
1: I think you could easily at least do one,
0: okay, but if it like counted on like life or death at this moment, I don't know. maybe my ass would do it. Maybe I'd do it
1: right. He eventually is able to do it, yeah, and Officer Hoyt goes away. Meanwhile, we cut back to our time with Jordana Brewster's character Chrissy, and she's trying to find the gun inside the jeep that's that you know got into the car accident. but Uncle Monty, you know, their gentleman yes. in the Hewitt family comes over with his pickup truck.
0: Same character play, played by the same person, Terrence Evans. He returns on the screen. But in the previous movie, we remembered him as, you know, not having legs. Like right. He, he didn't
1: have any legs. Like, and this one he can, you know, he's driving. He's out and about like normal.
0: Yeah. Which I was like, interesting because I didn't remember that. Like, this is my second watch through, I think total, uh, a, like for this movie. Oh wow! So I was like, I don't remember how this story unfolds, but I do remember him not having, like legs. So that obviously, that building.
1: gives us that's showing us something, and I, I want to yeah. discuss that in general here, because it since this is a prequel, yeah, we know, we know certain aspects of, of what's going to happen in this story. Yeah. We obviously know that Leatherface and Hoyt are going to make it perfectly fine because in the next yeah. one, and we know that something's going to happen to Monty.
0: Right, because that, I mean, these people still are in the next one. Are still in the next
1: one. And that made me think, like, well, then they can't all live. Yeah. Because unusually in these movies, one of them lives. Yeah. So I was thinking to myself, what are they going to do? Or, like, are they going to come up with a solution or are they just going to kill them all? Uh, And if they don't, how are they going to explain them being able to do this continuously? Because we've never had one where they all died. So I wasn't sure what was going to happen.
0: Yeah, I agree. Um, I forgot that aspect for a moment, so I kind of got my hopes up for like the final girl. Oh, <laughs> and then I do have a gripe about that scene um, that we'll later discuss for sure. But because um, like realistically, it just it doesn't it doesn't work for me.
1: Okay, well, but we'll get to it. We'll get to it. Eric eventually escapes. You know, he gets he kicks off a thing and drops down from the the thing that he was hanging on. And he goes up to his brother. and it's like, hey, I'm going to put you somewhere safe. Meanwhile, he goes inside. He throws a rock through the window. He wants to go rescue Bailey, who's strapped up uh, under a table.
0: Under a table, which is... Uh, the things that this poor girl has to go through in this movie, absolutely ridiculous. Because I will say that it is implied, um, big trigger warning, that she is sexually assaulted. Yes. Which um, she
1: horrible horrible you know what jerelyn i i want to say in her character specifically i feel like she goes through the most in this movie Mm -hmm. and by the end of all her torture she you know is traumatized she's kind of over it Mm -hmm. um and she's broken and we've gotten a lot of other quote unquote broken characters throughout the film series you know the last one we had the girl at the very beginning um who was walking down uh as well as you know the main character uh Jessica Biel she got that way at a certain point throughout the movie where she was kind of you know over it and we saw it a little bit in the third movie Leatherface the Texas Chainsaw Massacre Part 3 yeah um where you know Benny finds this girl who's also been through a lot and she's kind of out of it now I want to I, I mentioned those to to bring up just to say that Uh, Bailey's character in this movie, she like exemplifies that the best, in my opinion, because by the end of it, she is like barely cares about what's going on. She isn't screaming. She doesn't appear to be scared anymore. And I think this movie for the first time, like really justifies it and really Mm -hmm. like brings it to fruition from like the beginning, because in this scene, uh, Eric saves her. Yeah. You know, and Bailey finds herself a few times across the movie being saved. Yeah. Um. But each time, it doesn't amount to much. It doesn't. So, so you know, uh, that would lead her to like resign herself to to what's going on with her.
0: Like these people are so desensitized because we have Mama again in the kitchen, and the lady from the other Texas Chainsaw like movie with Jessica Biel, the 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 lady who had the tea, the tea, and like the weird daughter or something that was living with her where they had stolen that baby. So she's back in it and they're both like literally having um they're talking kind of like old lady gossip situation yeah like, while you know. bailey's strapped while up bailey's underneath the strapped table underneath the table and the like the table is moving and i was like oh yeah okay so she's under this table and they're not doing a thing about it like they're just like going on about their conversation as yeah. if she's not even fucking there which is just so weird like the, mm-hmm. des- the desensitization of what they're doing and what they're witnessing. Like, they're, they're literally treating these people like like meat.
1: Mm-hmm. Well, that's what it is to them. Yeah, that's what it you is. Know, it's just food. Survival. Yeah, exactly. Uh, but, you know, it, it, they're starting to have a hard time when Eric throws that rock through the window. Mm-hmm. Uh, Ma- Mama starts calling for Hoyt. Mm-hmm. He's, you know, trying to get a shotgun. He starts yelling for Thomas to, to come up. Uh, while Eric... It gets her untied mm-hmm. um while blocking Hoyt by shoving one of the ladies against the door uh, <laughs>
0: that seems funny
1: yeah and so the, the the plan now is for Bailey to go out get the tow truck mm-hmm. and for Eric and Dean to hop on it and they can all scurry their way out of here yep but when Leatherface came up there he brought one of his tools. It looked like a little. What would you say it is, Carolyn?
0: It looks like a hook.
1: It looks like a hook that he could, you know, carry with his hand. Yeah. And while Bailey's driving away, he hooks her with it and drags and her out the of the chest truck. Too. It looks very painful.
0: Looks very painful.
1: Yeah. And so Dean and Eric are like, "Oh no!" And they turn around and and you know, Officer Hoyt is there. Yeah. So they're in trouble. Uh, this leads for Eric to be taken to the basement. Yep. With Leatherface. Bailey is tied upstairs in a room somewhere, and Dean... Well,
0: I know that Eric definitely antagonizes Hoyt, because he's like, shoot me. Like, you, you think that you're a soldier? You could go ahead and shoot me. Like, literally puts his head to the, the barrel of mm-hmm. whatever gun. Um, but for whatever reason, Hoyt doesn't shoot him.
1: Well, he can't. Because, like like, they're food to them. And I don't know if you know, you when you eat like cows and stuff, mm-hmm. when you slaughter them, if they if the cow is scared, it'll ruin the meat. So the cow, so you they can't be scared when they die, and so so he doesn't shoot him in this situation because he's not mm. primed for it or whatever.
0: Interesting. I didn't, uh. I didn't. I don't really know much about like how my food is made because I don't want to know much about how my food is made. Because it'll make me not want you to know, eat. Paul it.
1: McCartney said, you know, if slaughterhouses had glass walls, everybody would be a vegetarian. Probably. Um. Anyway, you know, like you're right, Eric is antagonizing Hoy, mm. uh, and Dean is trying to run away during this moment. You know, he's giving him, like, I think Eric right here is actually prepared to die mm. so that Dean can get away. Um, but while Dean is running away, he steps into a bear trap.
0: God, yes.
1: How painful does that have to be?
0: I can't imagine, but, you know, there's just so many influences that I see from, like, these movies that we're watching and going back through and watching and stuff like that that are in, like, Dead by Daylight and stuff like I that. It's think, crazy. I
1: think Texas, so, you know, I'm not so familiar with horror movies, mm. but I think out of all the ones I've seen at least... Texas Chainsaw seems to be the one that's most influential on that video game, on Dead by Daylight. It's
0: really because crazy. Because between
1: like the lockers, the hooks, the, the traps, it's so much like the video game. So, mm-hmm. obviously, these movies had strong influences on that.
0: 1,000%. There's also a Texas Chainsaw Massacre video game. That's right. I haven't played it yet, but uh, it is available to buy now. Or a pre-order, I think. It's still, be- it's still being made, I believe.
1: It's another asymmetrical game, isn't it? Like Dead by Daylight
0: i think so i think it's from the same developers who did the friday the 13th video game Mm. so i I have no idea how it's meant to be or anything about the licensing of it but hopefully it's not an issue so they can have like longevity there um but yeah like um then you know eric gets thrown to thomas thomas hoyt not thomas hoyt thomas hewitt Cause those last names are similar. It's <laughs> thrown to Thomas or Leatherface and add this, this, the scenes that ensue from there. Incredibly painful.
1: Right. So like I said, at this point, Bailey's upstairs. Dean is left outside in the trap and mm-hmm. Eric goes downstairs with Leatherface in the basement. Leatherface like this, the way that Eric is held down with like, Kind of like steel basically
0: yeah like on his neck arms wrists yeah.
1: ankles and they're like he takes a hammer and screws them into the board yeah. that eric is laying on and from them it looks like he starts skinning his forearms and it looks awful it looks and awful. painful
0: because you can see that he's like started like like he'll, he's cut off some of his clothes and stuff to get access to the skin and stuff so from there it looks like he's literally skinning him alive
1: That is what it looks like, yeah. And you see the muscles that are lying underneath the skin. And I think that's what really sells it. Meanwhile, Chrissy is trying to find some help. She comes across another motorcyclist. Mm -hmm. And apparently, the biker from earlier is his girlfriend. Yeah. So he agrees to follow her back to the house so that he can get his girlfriend back. He's not very concerned with her friends.
0: No, he's not. He's kind of an asshole anyway, but they were kind of assholes to begin with. Um, his character is Holden. That's his name. I don't even know if we ever learned that name. I don't think so. Um, but it's played by Lee turguson Um, he was kind of a badass though. Once he finally like reached the house and got in there, I was really like hopeful. I was like, help Yeah, arrived.
1: Finally, help is here. He has a gun and he's here, you know, he's seeking vengeance. He's trying to get his girlfriend. So the first person he sees is Monty Ugh. and he shoots He shoots him in the leg. In the kneecap. Yeah, in one of his knees. Yeah. You know, Hoyt gets alerted to this. And then he sneaks up from behind them. the biker does, and tells him to take him to his girlfriend. He ends up taking him to Bailey. And he goes like, oh, this isn't your girlfriend? You don't want to see the other girl. And he starts getting mad. By this point, Thomas Leatherface finally comes upstairs and throws him on top of his chainsaw. God. And so now you have the biker laying on the chainsaw in the same room that Bailey is strapped down to a bed and Leatherface just turns the chainsaw on, revs it up while the biker's laying on it and just picks it up and slices him in half.
0: That was so in, 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 like, intense and scary. It was intense. Because like Hoyt, like Officer Hoyt at this point, is like agging it on. And I think like, like, like we mentioned, like this taking advantage of. Mm. It's like, these people were innocent. I don't understand. But he would, like, ag it on and be like, these are the people who bullied you your, all your life growing mm-hmm. up. It was like he was taking advantage of, like, sensitive situations. Exactly. And making it into something. And that's what makes you... It makes you wonder about, like, all of the people that were murdered. Um, like, whether that was, like, just, like, a response to things that he went through. Probably. Because these people clearly... We're not; they, they were not like direct bullies to him. That we know of no,
1: not these people particularly. Yeah. No, and and I think that's part of the, what makes Leatherface such like an interesting character and mm. why he has so much appeal because he himself is a victim.
0: Yeah, and
1: especially if I were to call any of these people evil, yeah. in this movie, it would be Officer Hoyt.
0: One thousand percent.
1: Yeah, he eggs him on. He enables him, and he this is what he wants. Like he gets a sensation of of pride. I think. Yeah. And Leatherface doing this, and I think
0: it's a power trip, literally. Yeah, it is a
1: power trip. Once it's an put ego the suit thing. On,
0: that's when it went. That's when it really went dark.
1: That's right. Sure. Yeah. Yeah, you're right, because that's when he finally got like some authority over people. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Even though it was false, and he really takes it and runs
1: to... with it, like he is confidently like pushing situations as far as they can go.
0: Yeah, it's it's terrifying, but um, of course, poor Bailey is still like strapped to this bed. And after the situation, um, Monty's in pain and mom is trying to like nurse him back to health. And she calls for Hoyt. And Thomas is like, uh, Thomas goes in there with him. And Hoyt's like, we're going to do surgery. Yeah. And they just cut off his leg with this with this chainsaw. And then, just for shits and giggles, they cut off the other leg.
1: Right. Because Hoyt is like, after he cuts off the first leg, he's like, oh, no, that's not Right. Do this one. And then he just cuts off the other perfectly fine leg. Mama is, you know, horrified. And this is why I'm saying this is probably why I think like it's, it's, this is the first time it's happening because, you know, she is still a little like, oh, what's going on about all this? You know, Monty's also freaking out. And when they asked them why they cut the other leg off, Hoyt said it was for balance.
0: For balance. That's just absolutely like demented
1: he's obviously demented yeah
0: demented and deranged and, and scary. i think he's
1: pushing the family to be this way yeah i think he's the origin of this
0: i think he is 1000 percent. it's just so scary and it makes you feel so bad for the rest of them even though like
1: and this is like what they do to their own family
0: to their own family
1: yeah so everybody else i mean come on yeah just screwed
0: um and then from there uh chrissy is like kind of like out on the outskirts of the house. This scene, so, so, so much anxiety yeah. is what it gave me. She, I she like, goes into the house after
1: she learns that like the biker isn't going to help. She goes in herself and while Leatherface leaves the basement to go up there to, to, to mm-hmm. handle the situation with the biker, she sneaks into the basement where her boyfriend is strapped to the table. Oh my God. She wants, she desperately tries to help him and try to pry him off the table. But eventually does, she doesn't have any more time. Yeah. And, and and eric is like he says that he feels like the life leaving his body yeah and to to comfort himself he asks her like what are the names like what are the genders and huh. and she starts listing it off to comfort him
0: so sad but
1: then leatherface after he gets done killing the biker and fixing uh or quote-unquote fixing monty's legs yeah he goes back down to the basement
0: to finish him off
1: to finish him off and chrissy hides underneath the table eric tells her hide hide and she hides right underneath the table that he's strapped onto and then leatherface comes down there takes his chainsaw and stabs him right through the abdomen right through the Uh table where she is underneath and she's screaming but it doesn't matter because it's so loud that the that the chainsaw is blocking out the sound of her screams
0: that like, like like this scene in particular literally broke my heart the first time i watched it And even watching it again the second time, I was like, man, this scene is still just so sad. I didn't cry the second time, but it was the first time I watched it. I was like, like, I don't know, bawling my eyes out because I was like, this is freaking sad. It is sad. To literally like have to hide for your own safety Mm -hmm. and then to know that your person is in pain, to know that your person is dying and to hear them screaming in pain and to know that, they're being killed unjust yeah. unjustly as well. Randomly. Like like at random. It was just mm-hmm. a circ- like, like just circumstance. Like yeah. it's so crazy. And I don't know, just really that one just really broke my heart.
1: And I think that's a testament to the movie. We got characters that we actually care about. Yeah. Have motive, have lives that they're actually interested in leaving. It's yeah. just not random kids anymore. Mm-hmm. And I think that that's why this movie is, you know, a league Powerful. above a lot of the other ones. Yeah. Um, now Chrissy is a little like, I mean, come on. She just went through the worst thing that could possibly happen to her. And she walks up and the door's right there.
0: She has the chance to escape. She's standing at the doorway
1: to the outside. She could just leave when she hears
0: Bailey screaming,
1: Bailey screaming upstairs. And the camera rests on her for, for quite a few seconds because she's pondering in her head. What the next move she should do is. She has the opportunity to leave or go upstairs. Now, when I'm watching this movie, mm-hmm. I'm thinking, "Girl, you gotta leave. Yeah, like run. that's that's the only thing you could do." If I was in her situation, yeah, I wouldn't either. Though, I would yeah. I would go upstairs.
0: Because I mean, what other options do you have? I mean, how far could she realistically get? You know, right? I mean, there's there's just questions like survivalist questions, I guess. Like how how. How well could this situation pan out for her?
1: Because out of all of them, Chrissy could have escaped any time. Like when she was by herself at the beginning of the movie when the car flipped over and she was already, she was fine. She could have left then. She could have left when she was looking for a biker. She could leave in this moment right here. She keeps going back to the house to help save people, Mm -hmm. but she doesn't end up saving any of them.
0: She doesn't end up saving any of them, nor herself.
1: No, she ends up going upstairs to Bailey, and uh, while Bailey's getting rescued again. This
0: is this is the scene, by the way, that Patrick was like, "Man, fuck this movie. I hate this," because he was like, "She could have just left," and I was like, "But I mean, it's the beginning. Like, not like." Do
1: you think if if uh, you were strapped upstairs and this was Patrick at the doorway,
0: he would leave my ass? You think so? Yes.
1: Nah, he would go. He says that, but he'd go upstairs and come get you,
0: Mr. Tough Guy.
1: So Bailey is, you know, strapped down to the table or strapped down to the bed. She has that like, kind of a veil, like we mentioned earlier. Yeah. Uh, you know she she's been harassed uh, by Officer Hoyt. Yeah. And Chrissy's trying to untie her while everybody else is occupied. And Geraldine, this is the scene. Uh, Chrissy sneaking uh, like next to the wall underneath the window. Yes. Oh. Like this is the scene that I saw when I was a kid
0: really this
1: I, as soon as i came on i was like i remember that and and wh- before we started doing this season on texas chainsaw massacre that was my only frame of reference uh her <laughs> crawling underneath there and me thinking this is much too scary for me to watch because it, it is tense
0: yeah oh my gosh like you're like oh, i think you could get could caught at any moment and then like the scene where she's like right past the window and it's like loud music and you're like oh my god Hoyt's there. He's, he's yeah. looking right down at her. But no, it's like...
1: He sees his reflection. Yeah. Yeah. But that's uh, just a
0: testament to his character, too. Yeah. He is only there for his gain. And there's like... I mean, how much gain is are you like hoping for here? There's not much that you can gain, yeah. I guess.
1: But he has so much determination.
0: Oh, yeah.
1: Like, like an unhumanly amount. She eventually gets to Bailey, but when she starts untying her, Officer Hoyt comes in.
0: Yeah, and this scene, I, I hate it when stuff like this happens. Like, again, like, Bailey's like, they know you're here. I'm like, oh. <laughs> like, I hate stuff like that because that it just makes me even more
1: anxious. Right. Um, We, Gerilyn, yeah, we got lucky last movie, I feel like. Yeah. We didn't have to go through a fifth dinner scene.
0: We didn't, but we, we got one here. We got one
1: here. Now, I want to discuss this with all you right. because I know with the last one I was so happy.
0: To not have one. To not
1: have one. And I I heard some people, uh, disappointment in the remake, 2003, that we mm-hmm. watched last week, it was that there wasn't a dinner scene. Yeah. That, you know, like, the original had a dinner scene, you're remaking it, and you leave out one of the best parts of the movie. I was not of that mindset because yeah. all of the other ones have dinner scenes, and I hate them all.
0: I agree. Um, This one did it differently i don't know i i liked what happened there um because there's also it's not just the one person i don't know they involved dean is still around they involved um bailey is still there but at this point she's so broken she's missing all her teeth she's missing all her teeth they're literally like cutting off all of her like her hair yeah and mama is singing hush little baby which is terrifying yeah um And then you have, like, the family, like, Monty's being fed food because he's in so much pain after having his whole legs chopped
1: off. Yeah, just chainsawed right off. (laughs) Just chainsawed. And he's at the dinner table, and they're trying to feed him soup, and it's just rolling off his chin.
0: Yeah, I mean, it's just... I don't know. There's just something different about this one where it's also kind of semi-rewarding because Chrissy's character is also determined she has eric's determination as well yeah where she's like i'm determined to save the people that i care about and i'm not going out without a fight
1: except now when she's finally taken to the table she's like you said she is very confrontational oh, she's like man. all right go ahead you know like do your freaking thing you know and starts disrespecting him a little mama's like i will not have you talking about the family she like calls that him
0: like she like mentions like Are you, like, do you only, like, something about, like, an incest, like, like, implies incest relationships, which made me laugh, Mm -hmm. because I know that that's, like, a a trope in some horror movies and stuff, like, with, I believe it's the Hills Have Eyes, it's inbred, um, like, an inbred trope kind of thing, Um, like, that kind of stuff is just kind of interesting to me because the, I don't know. Also being from Tennessee. From like the like south? From the south. That's like a thing that people make fun of. Mm-hmm. Like kissing cousins and shit like that. But
1: who in their day hasn't? You know what I mean? It's just a part of growing up.
0: Oh my god.
1: Dean is knocked out at the table.
0: Yeah, I really didn't know. It had been so long that I did not remember what had happened. Like What was going to happen next.
1: Well, I was surprised mm-hmm. because they end up slicing through Bailey's throat and she was she seemed pretty okay with it. She was ready to go. And they even mama even said like like go on Thomas, set her free. You know? Yeah. And maybe that is like uh mercy in some way or another.
0: She it was so sad because you could just see her defeat. uh And then of course, unfortunately when Dean does wake up and he sees her dead next to him, like he's upset. He's pissed
1: off. He's upset, but this is what allows him to escape.
0: It gives him like a second wind, essentially, which, Mm -hmm. of course, I'm rooting for him to actually kill the sheriff, but of course, we know that he survives. it's a prequel. Because it's a prequel. It's a prequel,
1: so we know the offer's going to make it. Chrissy uh, escapes as well. Mm -hmm. She, you know, this is another Dead by Daylight. She's being carried to the basement. Yeah. And she uses Decisive Strike from DVD hits the skill check to stab him in the back so she can wiggle off. Yeah. Uh, she wiggles off his back and starts running away ro- jumps out the window which is I, I I figure a reference to the first movie. Yeah, that's what I, that's what I figured um, as well. and you know she's on her way she ends up hiding in the, like w- what is it Geraldine? She ends up hiding like in some waste some liquid waste inside of a shed.
0: There she's at the meat the meat packing place Plant. like she's at the, the slaughterhouse again. Um, and yeah, she's like hiding in like, ew, it looks gross. It just looks, it looks gross. It looks gross. There are like different pools, I guess, maybe where they're like soaking something. I don't know. I have no idea yeah. what it could be, but it it looks bloody and gross.
1: Leatherface is chasing her. He's he's after her, and this is you know when Dean wakes up, gets gets himself untied, and then gets Officer Hoyt starts smashing mm. his face yeah. against the the concrete porch uh that's
0: where he lost all of his teeth that's why he had all those fake teeth too though
1: yeah see this is that's why this this origin movie really does explain like yeah. the stuff that happens in the remake yeah um he starts repeating everything that hoyt was saying to him earlier when he was doing the tin push-ups
0: so satisfying
1: and then goes off to go find chrissy yeah eventually he does he he kind of saves chrissy um but then gets he the face turns on him and he gets chainsaw through. He
0: get chains. he like lifts lift like lifted up on yeah. the chainsaw and I was like, Man, Dean.
1: So Dean doesn't make it. Chrissy makes it to the car.
0: This is the part where logistically, like time like in terms of time, it doesn't add up it doesn't add up.
1: I agree with you because I feel like I blinked and the events like i was like oh when did this happen because she gets into the car yeah. starts driving away oh my god she's free you know yep. she's driving pretty fast too, so i was thinking like how the heck is would leatherface be able to catch up with her
0: yeah
1: well he doesn't have to apparently because yeah. he arises from the back seat yeah and then stabs his chainsaw through the back of the front seat where she's driving in. the stabs her right through. Now, unfortunately for a couple of pedestrians, it looks like a pedestrian and an officer. Yeah. Uh, she drifts the car into them uh, while dying. And then all three of them are dead.
0: Yep. Um, I'm assuming like last people in the fucking town, essentially. But Yeah. <laughs> um, so, yeah. that She meets her untimely end there. But they're like ch- doing this huge chase scene and... I mean, the only logistical thing that I can come up with to to even justify him being in the backseat was similar to the first film. where like, you know, because we had a, a couple of moments where Jessica Bale's character, Aaron, is running around and like, we're like, how would Leatherface have been there?
1: Yeah, I was the same way. Yeah,
0: But I'm like, well, I mean, he worked there for 30, like, no, no not 30 years, but he, he's 30 years old at this point in this movie. And he's worked there for he many, years. He just knows the years. layout. He, maybe he knows the layout, like, the back of his hand. It, does,
1: it just seemed weird. Even, yeah. But even with that, like, it feels like a stretch.
0: It th- is a stretch.
1: That he was just there.
0: So, it's like, okay, I guess that's what we get. Yeah. But
1: And, th- and that's how the movie ends. You know, all three of them die, and mm-hmm. Leatherface starts walking back to the house. And, again, like, we have this super cool shot yeah. of him walking down the street um, and just, you know, dragging his chainsaw with him yeah and that's the texas chainsaw massacre the beginning everybody dies
0: everybody dies it's an unhappy very unhappy ending but what did you like your ultimate thoughts?
1: my my thoughts Jalen, is i was surprised um i was watching this movie and no offense to all the texas chainsaw massacre fans out there i know i i you know i've grown to enjoy this as well this franchise Mm -hmm. as well but i was thinking throughout this movie wow they made a competent film. Yeah, like this movie is so like I know I talked at the beginning of the podcast about the cinematography, and yeah. I'm serious about it. I'm like some of the best that I've seen out of better than any movie I've seen this year.
0: That's a strong, I, I just I, strong endorsement. Like,
1: I, and I so I I really enjoyed the, the filmmaking done for this. The storytelling was captivating. The character development was nice. So the the, the way the film was written was really good, and the, all the actors in the film were really good they all gave great performances you know Mm -hmm. from from the previous actors and for the new ones so for this for this for me this movie fires on all cylinders in a way that i wasn't expecting it to especially after seeing the remake you know this is you know an extension of it you know it's before but it's still part of the same idea the same world same studio so i was expecting some something on that where i feel like the 2003 remake i feel like it looks nicer but all things considered, it still has the same level of filmmaking from some of the previous films that I wasn't a big fan of. Mm-hmm. However, this one, I feel like, really took the franchise to not just a different level in terms of quality, but also into a new idea of Leatherface. Where, yeah. I, you know, while I do think the first original Texas Chainsaw Massacre was really scary, I think this one's even scarier. And I think... Like unlike the other three sequels to the first Texas Chainsaw Massacre, that were really silly, they're yeah. really goofy. This one is the Texas Chainsaw that I feel like took itself the most seriously.
0: I one thousand percent agree, I and I stand by it when I say this is one of the best films in the franchise. Like it's it's just that good that like I tried to show my boyfriend that as like an intro film to this to the franchise because I was like, oh, he's not going to appreciate any of the other ones because they're kind of, you know they're not they don't they're not as like serious films usually like especially two three and four yeah as compared to the original 1974 film and in 2003 yeah as compared to the 2003 but i was like this this has got to be the first one you watch because it, it, it tells you a really good backstory it's but the
1: origin yeah
0: I mean, I also haven't seen the rest of them that like, we will be watching, yeah. so I'll be going in blind Yeah, completely. that's going to be
1: exciting to that talk is, about, huh? That is
0: going to be exciting. Because, I'm, like,
1: I'm sorry Patrick wasn't a big fan of it. That's
0: okay. I'm, I'm not going to judge his taste, but I'm going to judge his taste
1: because
0: <laughs> it's, it's a good movie, so he's wrong.
1: So are you ready to do the rankings? Are you ready? <laughs> yes. Who, who do you, do you want to go first? Do you want me to go first? How would you prefer it?
0: I'll go first this time.
1: Okay, go first. Change, change it a
0: little bit. So, my previous rankings for the last time we talked, uh, we watched the 2003 remake. Yes. My previous rankings were best to worst: 1974, 2003, Part 3, Next Generation, and Part 2. Right. My current rankings are 1974 Texas Chainsaw Massacre The Beginning, mm. 2003, okay. Part 3, Next Generation, and then Part 2.
1: Wow, Mm Geraldine, I like it. I'm a fan. Because I also really enjoyed this movie. Yeah. Okay, let me go ahead and give my ranking here. uh, As of last time, from best to worst, my ranking stands at 1974, 2003, Texas Chainsaw Massacre Part 3, Texas Chainsaw Massacre Part 2, and lastly, Next Generation, which I didn't enjoy very much. Yeah. Now, now where I'm going to insert Texas Chainsaw Massacre, the beginning... I'm gonna place it as my new number one.
0: Your new number one.
1: It's the best one, unequivocally. Like it's, it was hard for me to do because obviously you know the original has so much notoriety, has so much influence.
0: You're choosing that over Franklin, man.
1: And I love Franklin. You know I love Franklin. I know. But and that's what I was wrestling with. But I just feel like this movie took everything that the original had going for it Mm -hmm. and just nailed every aspect of it like i don't i don't just think it's like a good recreation of it i think it's like the perfect version of the original where i feel like i had a lot of look. well the the original was great there are some you know uh things that i nitpicked on it and i feel like with this one i really don't have a lot of it and i just think it's a really competent film very nice
0: that's I have nothing to add. I think that they just they knocked this one out of the park. Yeah. It's just such a good movie. You actually like you gain this new knowledge and this new yeah. sympathy. Death. Yeah, you gain this sympathy like like for Leatherface as well. Like you actually see his humanity, but I mean, there's also like this part that watches. It's like watching yourself watch him go through this um being taken advantage of Mm -hmm. kind of thing and it's it it makes it even more sad because you're like i wonder how much of this he realizes that he's doing as well not to like make light or make excuses as well but it's also just like seeing that he relied so much on his family and like he needed his family for like approval and stuff too yeah there's just so there's so much depth it's complex is, yeah it's so complex that you can't even like put like full words or thoughts to it because it's just like it's it's that developed in some sense but it's also like there's still so many looming questions yeah about it and i don't know if the other films end up touching on this so this is something that we'll have to like we'll just see right. but i know we have um leatherface like the just the movie called leatherface um we also have Texas Chainsaw Massacre 3D. I don't know if th- I don't. I don't think we have to watch it, the 3D version. Of just, I, I of don't think we we're gonna have the opportunity. It's to. Probably not. But. Um and then we also have the newest one, which I believe is just Texas Chainsaw. Like, just Texas okay.
1: Chainsaw. I'm not sure, but I think I think the rest of them are all independent remakes, standalone films. I don't think they're connected to each other or any of the ones that we've gone over so far.
0: Yeah, I'm not sure. We'll have to but, see. But, we'll but these out. two I knew were intrinsically linked, which yes. is perfect. Um, because... This is the first time that we've ever get, gotten two stories that were wow. actually... Like that
1: actually made sense and yeah, are together. Same characters, co- same characters.
0: Cohesive story. Very cohesive. And we also have like a lot of the same characters come back, that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. So it's like, okay, this isn't just like these characters are influenced by the, these characters. No, it's the and same characters. Same characters. Loved that because I love continuity. It makes for better storytelling. Like you love more continuity. Love continuity. It, it makes for better storytelling. I mean you get to know the characters. Yeah. You get to connect to the characters. Otherwise you're just getting like you're just like fucking chop top, like you're just throwing character yeah. names in there yeah. and you're like, What? What's going on? Yeah.
1: This is the like I was surprised when we started seeing characters, die, especially Eric. When yeah. Eric died, I was like, Wow. Like a character death in Texas Chainsaw that actually means something, that actually like makes you feel something that you actually care about. Yeah. So um, I think this movie was really good.
0: I think so too. They knocked it out of the park and I'm nervous and excited to watch the other ones. I've heard, I've heard things about the two other ones, the Texas Chainsaw and the Texas Chainsaw 3D, whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, I haven't heard anything about Leatherface. Okay. So that well, one will be interesting. I don't know which order they're going to be in yeah. that we're watching them. W- yeah. Yeah. I know that the newest the absolute newest one is Texas Chainsaw and that one's So next is either
1: three D or Leatherface. Yeah, one of those two. Well yeah. Well I'm excited to get to it.
0: And I know it's gonna be a gap in between because this one's two thousand six and I at least know the three D one was I I think in the like two thousand tens. Okay. And then of course Texas Chainsaw's twenty twenty two that came out last year.
1: So we'll we'll see because you know, we we've now spanned like every decade really until we we just covered two movies that were in the 2000s yeah so the 2010s are next and we're gearing up to see what they have to bring us
0: i'm i'm really nervous because this is it's a lot to live up to with this one this one is good
1: we finally got like a really good one i feel like
0: yeah i mean there's so much development so much develop just develop just (laughs) just develop your characters and develop your stories because that means that people are actually going to care about the death
1: the payoff you know the,
0: payoff. the
1: feeling like you cried i
0: cried the first time i watched it yeah you know i I don't really cry watching horror movies ever uh-huh like that subtle. but this one had me. significance it did because yeah. i mean i also like am a, am a sucker for romance you know mm-hmm. and i have like a partner like a life partner that you know i plan to see the future out with mm-hmm. so it's like Thinking about like, oh my god, like what would I do in that situation? Like yeah. even provoking that kind of thought hell in the no. You make me feel things, that's that's the sign of a good movie. Damn.
1: Well, we'll see you guys next time. I'm excited to cover the next movie, the seventh film in the franchise. We're finally nearing the back end of this, the final third of all the films that we need to watch.
0: Yes, the final. That's, cra- that's crazy. Yeah. The final, the final third.
1: And we're going to be experts coming out of this on Texas Chainsaw.
0: Yeah. We, we better, you better have some good stories the next three films or I will be upset. But I have heard criticisms about two of them, so we'll see. <laughs>
1: well, we'll see. See you guys next time. See you next Bye. time.
0: Bye. Bye. Thank you for listening to Fright or Flight, a Live Oaks Village production. This episode was hosted by Geraldine Johnson and Saul Alberto Arsmendi Ochoa. Edited by Geraldine Johnson, and music composition by Saul Alberto Arsmendi Ochoa.